0: Good morning, church family. Let's give these guys a round of applause. What a blessing to have men and women who are willing to completely surrender and dedicate their lives uh, to the call that God's placed on their lives. Very excited you guys have joined with us here uh, for Celebration Sunday. And uh, Celebration Sunday, if you're new here, is something that we do a few times each year to celebrate what God is doing at WFR Church. And Ryan shared with you guys a part of what we want to do today is celebrate um, our young people. Uh, it is time when we've, as families and individuals, gotten back from our summer travels, visited family, hopefully took some time off work, and now we are ready to get in the grind of fall season. Uh, but I also want to take a second to remind you that today we are also, also celebrating, uh, what we have been focused on all year at Whitesbury Road. Uh, our, our, our staff and elders prayed diligently at the beginning of this year and God very clearly focused us onto a specific purpose. And the purpose was to follow after Jesus. So all year long in 2019, we have been learning what it really means to be a disciple that follows after the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've been working hard, our elders have been working hard and our staff has been working hard to prepare our Rooted Experience rollout. That happens September the 8th. If you have not signed up for Rooted, I challenge you to get signed up. And to really put into practice what we have been learning in 2019. And we haven't just been learning this as a corporate church in each of our services. We've been learning this all across every ministry at Whites Ferry Road, especially our children's ministry. And in our children's ministry, your kiddos are being taught how to live as authentic disciples who follow after Jesus which means they live red letter lives And so our kid, our children's ministry and our children uh, have something that they have prepared for you So if I could get all our kiddos who have participated in our children's ministry this year Come on up kiddos and join me on stage Be brave, ladies and gentlemen I hope you enjoy what God has been doing in the lives of your kids at WFR Church They're excited to get to show this to you this morning
1: There I was on death row, guilty in the first degree. Son of God hanging on a hill, hell was my destiny. The crowd was shouting, crucify, could have come from these lips of mine dirty shame was killing me, it would take a miracle to wash me clean, then I ran My lungs and the Holy Ghost awaken me. Yeah, the Holy Ghost.
0: Kids, a big round of applause, and our children's ministry team, a great big round of applause. So, I'm gonna have the kids, yeah, stand and offer these guys some encouragement. So, we're gonna have I just got the kids all off the stage, and it would just be like me to say, Kids, come back up real quick. And if you have a child, you can be seated. If you have a child that was not in our children's ministry, we're going to pray over our kids as a church really quickly before I get these guys off stage. So even if your child wasn't um, a big part of our children's ministry this summer, or if you're new, we still want to pray over your kids before they start school this school year. And... College students, high school students, middle school students, I don't mean any offense at saying kids, because that includes y'all. You're you're old and wise and mature, but you're kind of still kids to me. So if you are a college student, if you're a high school student, if you're a middle school student, if you're in elementary school, if you're in preschool, we want to pray over you as a church. We don't want you going back to school and not be covered in prayer. So in ministry, ladies and gentlemen, we really want you as adults to attend WFR. We're especially interested in your kiddos. church family, I just want to look, I want you to look at this group of kids, uh, why we support local churches, Whites Ferry Road Church, other local churches in our community, other local churches across the globe. These are the hearts that we're pursuing. And it's because of your support of this local church. And so many churches across the globe that we have an opportunity to influence uh, these kiddos. So uh, our elders are up here. Our elders are going to pray over our our kids. And Tommy Inman is going to lead us in that prayer.
2: You you know, it's hard to call this group kids when you see the age range. This is amazing. This is so exciting and so encouraging. You guys are something special. This, uh, This is not the church of tomorrow. This is the church of today. And it is a privilege uh, for us to pray. let's pray together, Father. I know that you know we had back to school going on and school's cranking up, but i I want to offer this prayer on behalf of these young people, not just during school days but in all days, especially now though, as they go back to school and we we look around as at the world we live in, and it just seems Father to be so corrupt and so evil and so much bad, and it appears that Satan is winning the, the, this war. And we know better than that. And Father, I want to claim on behalf of these young people, I want to claim victory. And, and I pray for each and every one that it's not that, that, that they're able to avoid the evil one. I pray that they're able to face Him head on and through the power of Your Holy Spirit, that they run roughshod over Him. And that they destroy Him in their path through the power that you provide. So we pray for each and every one. I loved Isaac quoting the words of Jesus just a few moments ago, letting their light shine. I pray that you empower them to do that, that they can be an impact on those around them, and that the name of Jesus is, uh, is what takes over our, our vocabulary, takes over our conversations and our actions as we follow him. And that it makes a difference in the lives of those around us. So, Father, protect them, keep them safe, but grant them victory in your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And amen.
0: Let's give these kids another round of applause, guys. All right,
2: kiddos, y'all go take a seat.
0: Y'all can go take a seat, kiddos. So as our kids are transitioning to their seats, I hope you can kind of lock into me. This is... This is what our children's ministry is dealing with every Sunday, every Wednesday, and lots of different occasions. So these guys have a special heart for kids, and as you can see, have been endowed with a particularly strong sense of patience. So thankful for these kids. Thanks for allowing us the chance to pray over your kiddos, church family. Um, I'll offer an apology to you on the front end. As some of you uh, walked into the church today, you were given a communion packet. A communion packet. And uh, that was my idea, because we're going to do communion a little bit differently today. Um, when Jesus took communion with his disciples, uh, they did that not in a, a, a pew setting, or it wasn't sterilized Jesus was with these guys, wanted to fellowship with them, wanted to commune with them. And God placed it really on on mine and on the hearts of some of our leadership uh, to get you guys today to do communion a little bit differently. And so at the end of service, that's when we're going to do communion. And I'm going to ask you, when we start communion, and I'll announce this with plenty of time so you'll know exactly what to expect... When we do communion, I'm going to have you stand up and and I'm going to ask you to go find kind of your tribe of people, uh, your group of people, the people you consider your forever family. And I want you to take your communion packet that you got, as you came in today, and I want you to carry it with you to your tribe. And we're going to take communion together, standing up, uh, in a circle, kind of gathered around one another. And I didn't want, uh, Plates being passed while people are kind of walking around to get with their group So if you'll just hang on to those Until I give you some real clear specific instruction on what to do I really believe that you'll be blessed uh, As God really communes with us As we commune uh, together So we've been in Luke chapter 9 For this particular series I'm going to preach to you briefly today on, on what real dis- discipleship means, step two. Uh, last week we talked about Jesus telling His followers, which were people who wanted to follow after Him, that if they were really going to be disciples, that meant they were signing up for suffering. And the first way disciples suffer is by denying themselves. And we took a while to really discern what the Bible teaches us in Luke chapter 9 about... Denying ourselves, what, what we learned, the Bible teaches us about self-denial is that means completely and totally surrendering the things in life that offer you a sense of comfort or security and instead completely depending on Jesus Christ for all of those things. And so real disciples feel this constant tension between living totally dependent on Jesus and living dependent on themselves, their own wants, their own intellect, their own relationships, or their own capabilities for comfort and security. Uh, Luke 9 also teaches us that real disciples don't seek to become great or the greatest. Uh, instead, real disciples deny themselves and they're seeking to make others great. One of the best ways to deal with difficult people or seasons of struggle or strongholds of sin in our life Is to seek to make others great, encourage others, uplift others, support others. And in so doing, we truly deny ourselves and find that we're really on the pathway Jesus asked us to be on. We also learn that disciples who deny themselves, they never look back. And one twisted thing about becoming a real disciple is that we experience, and this isn't twisted, we experience the blessings of God in our life. And we can actually look back and only remember the parts of our brokenness and sin that are the highlight real moments. And that's twisted because that's never the whole story. And if we're not careful, we can end up looking back and deciding that we want some of the old life to be a part of some of our new life in Jesus Christ. To wrap up Luke chapter 9, Jesus gives us this teaching that real disciples deny themselves by putting their hands to the plow and never, ever looking back. So the next thing Jesus is teaching us from Luke chapter 9 is that real disciples follow after him. So I've got this on screen for you this morning. If you're following along with, your, with me in your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 9. I'm going to uh, abbreviate it starting in verse 23. Here's what the Word of God says. Then Jesus, which it's Jesus speaking here, says to them all, whoever wants to be my disciples should deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow him. Jesus says, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus offers a really simple invitation. And the invitation is this, to follow Him. And if you're taking notes or you're following along in your church app and you want to really get specific about what following after Jesus means, to follow Jesus simply be obedient. To follow Jesus, be obedient. First, disciples learn to get uncomfortable, to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. First, disciples learn to suffer on purpose By denying themselves and leaning on Christ to meet every single need. But Jesus asks disciples to take that one step further and to obey him. Jesus has actually been teaching throughout Luke's gospel up to this point on the significance of obedience. So this is not on screen, but I do want you to write this down. I'm going to read this for you. If you've got your Bible, you can uh, flip forward a couple of uh, chapters to Luke chapter 11. And in Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 27, Jesus has just done something really incredible. And Jesus is pretty consistent in that as far as his life goes. This is a guy who was regularly doing the miraculous, the incredible, the phenomenal. And Jesus has just cast out a demon of a man who was making the man, the demon possessed mute And then Jesus goes on to give a teaching, and in Luke chapter 11, verse 27, as Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd calls out. Listen to what this woman says. She calls out and she says, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. And Jesus replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Now think about this lady for a second. She has just seen Jesus do the miraculous, and she's overwhelmed. And she says, wow, what an incredible thing it would be to have been the woman who gave birth to this kind of a man. And we all have those things in life that we seek after. If you're honest with yourself, you'll say that you've imagined yourself in another person's shoes, or in another person's life, if you're honest with yourself. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have this fantasy to do some bad, sinful thing. Sometimes it can be a very good, noble thing. I'll tell you mine. I have this fantasy, uh, because I could never really make it as a successful athlete. That's where you can laugh, and Josh can say amen, because I'm always giving him a hard time. Because he never really made it either, but he kind of did. I kid. I kid. So I never made it as a successful athlete, so that dream is kind of over. Every now and then what I do dream is that I would get to be the chaplain of a professional sports team, okay, not capable of actually playing on the team, but the chaplain kind of feels like this realistic fantasy for me and the, and, the, and the dream would be the chaplain of the New Orleans Saints. That's that's the dream. There are some things in life that would cause us to say man, if I could just live that life, I would be blessed. Man, if I could have just been the woman, according to this gal in Luke 11, who would have given birth to Jesus, I would be so blessed. Or, man, if I could just be a chaplain for the New Orleans Saints. Not good enough to play for the team, but maybe good enough to spiritually encourage the team. What a blessed life. And Jesus would look at us all and say, the most blessed life is not the life of the woman who gave birth to me. And the most blessed life is not the life of the man who's the chaplain for the New Orleans Saints. The most blessed life on the planet is the life of the person, listen to this church family, that hears the teachings of Jesus and puts them into practice. So when Jesus says in Luke 9 to follow me, what that means is you have been invited to live a deeper purpose. Because really, it's not feeling like we got a purpose in life that is the source of those fantasies or of us imagining what it would be like, man, to have this person's income or this person's job or this person's biblical training or this person's education or to come from this particular family. And Jesus says there is nothing greater in life There is no purpose as satisfying in life. There is no life with a deeper meaning and a deeper purpose than the life that hears the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, listen to this, and does what the words of Christ say we should do. What that means for us is every single person under the sound of my voice praise the Lord can live the most purposeful, most blessed, most satisfying life imaginable. It's so simple. All you have to do is follow Jesus through obedience. Ultimately, follow me is an invitation to do something. And Jesus never invites you to do something that he is not ready to equip you for. Jesus never invites you to do something that he is not ready to equip you for. So follow me is not simply an invitation to living the most satisfying, the most purposeful, the most meaningful life you can possibly imagine. But follow me is also Jesus giving you some instruction. When Jesus says, follow me, you have officially been instructed By jesus's lifestyle how you should live if you're following him think about this That means you're going where he he goes That means you're doing some of the kinds of same things he does That means you get to see In every situation that jesus lived through how he handled that situation and in those examples He is providing you with the instructions you need to live Now, I'm going to ask you to flip back in Luke's gospel to Luke chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 47 through 48. This is not on the screen. If you're following along in our app, you can write this down and refer to it later. If you're following along in your Bible, turn back a few pages. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus is giving some practical teaching for living. And here's what he says. Listen to these words. He says, Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. Okay, Jesus, we're ready. Show us what people are like who hear your words and who put them into practice. Jesus says, those people are like a man who has built a house, who dug deep down and laid the foundation on a rock. When the flood came and the torrent struck that house, it could not be shaken because it was well built. So let me tell you a few things about what Jesus is teaching us here. First thing Jesus is teaching us, he's taught he taught this to us in John chapter eleven, Luke chapter eleven. He teaches it in in Luke chapter seventeen and verse one. Uh, Other places in the scripture, the Bible is clear. Your house, meaning your life, will absolutely, 100%, without question, be shaken. Listen to me, church. One of the guarantees in life is that life will shake you to your very foundation. Some of you, under the sound of my voice, I'm so blessed to be so involved with so many of your stories. Some of you, under the sound of my voice, are living in that season. And there's a few types of people in the world. People who are currently living in that season. Come on, somebody. People who just got out of that season. Huh? Anybody excited they just got out of that season? And there are those people who are fixing to go back into that season. You are going to be shaken in life. It's true. But think about what Jesus is teaching us here in Luke chapter 6 that exactly aligns with his invitation to follow me. What Jesus is saying is, if you will watch my life and you will listen to the words I say and you will carefully study the system that I am teaching you both through my words and through my deeds that when the rains come in life, hallelujah, and when the winds blow in life and when it feels like you are walking through the shadow of of death itself, And the night is long and your support system is small and the problem you are dealing with is great. Jesus says, if you are following me, then you can see how I live because I've instructed you how to live by my lifestyle. And no matter how black the night, no matter how deep the valley, no matter how strong the winds, you will not be shaken. You won't be shaken. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Something that's remarkable about this is that it teaches us the truth. Jesus' system works 100% guaranteed. The Lord Jesus Christ, by his words and actions, instructs you to live a system of life with a 100% guarantee that will work for you. Which the other thing that that means is also true is that your system will never work and no other system will work. And the reason some of you are struggling with sin and with, and with a season of, of stress and anguish, you never seem to be able really to live in victory or, or to really get victory over a, a stronghold or, or to finally break free of your past is because Jesus Christ is a part of your life. But he is not your way of life. He is not every moment of every day, of every month, of every year, the system by which you live. And today Jesus invites you into that deeper purpose, invites us as a church and you as an individual, and is giving us instruction on how to live. And if we will follow his words demonstrated by his action, we will have 100% guaranteed success. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not going to find that. Anywhere else that you've been looking except right here with the lord jesus christ Why have we been focusing on follow me as a church? Why are we rolling out these rooted experiences? Because we know without a shadow of a doubt There is a way of life that offers you a 100% chance of victory. Is anybody excited about that this morning? Come on somebody This is Celebration Sunday. We can clap a little bit. We do some things different. Don't be afraid to give God some praise, even while I'm preaching. So, how do we really put this into practice? The, The truth is, if we are following after Jesus, we will find ourselves in His presence. Whatever you follow after will be the presence in life you are surrounded by. Let me say that again. Whatever you follow after, church family, will be the presence in life that you are surrounded by. So if I'm following after Jesus by necessity, that means I'm walking close with Him. I'm going where He goes. I'm saying the kinds of things He said. I'm doing the kinds of things He did. And when I am following after Him, I absolutely find myself... Surrounded by his presence. And so when Jesus says, follow me, that also means you have been inspired by the power of his presence. If you will really follow after him, if you will really live obediently to the words that he spoke and ample that he gave us to the red letters that our children's ministry has been teaching your young people about all summer long then what we will find is that we get inspiration, motivation, encouragement, strength, uh, communion with the Father to tackle our lives. So we're, cel- we're definitely celebrating that. And our church has been working diligently because God has called us to Rooted, to offer you a discipleship pathway, to give you a chance to experience the 100% guaranteed system that works but you can't do that on Sunday mornings only. That's not how the system is designed. And so we've got some settings up here. Uh, our staff worked diligently. We had a wedding yesterday, and so our staff had to come up here uh, late in the evening and, and get all this stuff around. And they, and they did it because they want you to really understand what this means. So this setting right here, you might find in your house we got a TV here. we got got some, some chairs to sit in. And the cross of Jesus Christ doesn't just need to be on your front door. It doesn't just need to be uh, displayed on a Bible in your living room. The cross of Jesus Christ needs to be absolutely the center of your private life. The man you are at home, the woman you are at home, the thoughts you think when no one is looking, the attitude of your heart. You don't just need a part of Jesus Christ. If you are really going to follow him, you need Jesus Christ at the absolute center of your private life. And we wanted to set this up to remind you of that truth. Some of you are going back to school. Some of you have a day job, a nine to five, and you are gutting it out and you are grinding it out. Uh, Regardless of what your professional public life looks like, the principle is the same. When Jesus is saying, follow me. He doesn't just mean keep the cross at the center of your private life, like putting a candle under a bushel. But instead, Jesus is saying, man, in your public life, let the cross Be out loud. Man, let it be the very center of your public life. The best way to connect people to the system that offers you a 100% guarantee of success is not necessarily through the words that you speak. I cannot tell you the number of people when I was broken and lost and bound by sin. The number of people who would tell me, man, you just got to give it to Jesus. Jesus loves you. You just got to walk the way Jesus walked. And I hate to say it, but so many of those people weren't showing me how to do that by the way they lived their life. And that's what Jesus is saying, man, not just in private, not just at my house, not just around my family, not just where I'm comfortable, man, but in public, out loud and at the center of everything that I do. Let the cross that reigns in me as an obedient follower of Jesus speak out loud. Let it shout at the public community that I live in. Let your freedom be the thing that does the talking, not just a part. I love our gospel symbols so often I wear bracelets that have our gospel symbol story on them and that's great But let the gospel reign in your life every day So that no one can doubt the reason for the freedom that you experience in your life So this is everything in between And we don't want the cross to reign only in our private life Or only in our public life, but when i'm doing my But when I am doing, hallelujah, God's speaking to us today. Can I get a witness? I don't want the cross only to reign in my private life and in front of my family put on the act. Or only reign in my public life where I'm all about Jesus, but I'm not all about Jesus in my private life. And it's also not enough just to be all about Jesus and cross-centered as an obedient follower in my public life and in my private life. I've got to be cross-centered and a Jesus follower in every single area in between. Every area. Now, What music do I listen to in the vehicle when I'm driving it? Do I have to turn it down a little bit when I get into the church parking lot? And I've seen some of y'all do that. How about in my leisure time? Man, when I'm watching football games, when I'm hunting with the boys, when I'm fishing, when I'm doing some retail therapy with my girlfriends and we're shopping. Come on, ladies, where y'all at? Man, do I get mad at the gal who beats me to the sail rack or who pushes her way a little bit past me on Black Friday? Because some of y'all do, and I know that. And I'm praying for y'all in the name of Jesus. What happens when my team loses the game or my hunting trip doesn't turn out the way that I had planned? In my leisure time, and in my in-between time, and in my transit time, am I really living a cross-centered life? And this is gut-check time for our church. If the answer to that is no, the guarantee of the system doesn't apply. If the answer to that is no, then you don't get the guarantee of Jesus' system of life. And here's the great news, ladies and gentlemen. Let me get up here where everybody can see me. If the answer to that is yes, if the answer to that really is yes, that at the center of every area of your life is the cross, and you are really seeking to live obediently in every area, then the guarantee applies. And if you are not living in victory, then this season is not over yet. So maybe you've been praying for something for years, or you've been seeking deliverance from something for decades, or there is just an ailment that feels so big and so significant that's been around for so long, victory seems all but lost. Hold on. And keep following after Jesus. Hold on and stay obedient. Hold on and stand firm because the cross is finished work. It guarantees your victory and the system will play itself out to reign in your life as victorious over whatever situation it is that you face. you got to live it and God will take care of the rest by His mercy, power, and grace. So I'm going to transition out. I told you guys I would give you plenty of heads up as I'm making this move. We are going to enter into our communion time. And I want you to think about that last piece. The thing I follow in life, I find myself surrounded by. And if that is the Lord Jesus Christ, I find myself surrounded by his presence, which is powerful and inspires me. And that's really what communion is about. That's why I want to do this a little bit differently. Please forgive me if it was a little uncomfortable getting handed that communion packet as you came in. It wasn't my intention to make you too uncomfortable. But I do want you to have the opportunity to really experience the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ today. And I don't want you to do that just by yourself. When we pass the plates... Our praise team takes communion before our church does, while they are practicing before y'all get here. I thought to myself, no, let's get those guys back out with their tribe. Uh, Our young people are sitting stage right, front left, if you're looking at me. When those guys take communion, they're doing it right there, by themselves. And that's great, that's great. And we can experience communion and the presence of God doing it the way we do it. And I love how we do it, which is why we do it every Sunday. We believe that's what the Bible teaches. And we want to fellowship with God through communion with Jesus Christ. But today, for our Celebration Sunday, I want to do this a little bit differently And like I said, in just a second, not right now, but I want you guys to get up and just kind of find maybe a group around you. Maybe it's not your actual tribe. Maybe it's just some people you're around that you can just kind of circle up with. Or or maybe you don't have a, a family of blood here in the church. The great thing about men and women who are in Jesus Christ is we are blood family. Amen. And so the people sitting to your left, to your right, in front of you and behind you, they're your family. And I want you to treat them like they're your family, and invite them into your family of blood, if that's you. And if you don't have a blood family here, welcome to the the family of Jesus, where everybody blood kin. Okay. And so I want you to get up, and I want you to all please stand right now. And I want you just take a second to keep keep listening to me. Just look around and just just kind of circle up, young people. If you would if you would find your family or your or your group of people, your tribe. I want you to find those guys. You can, you can circle up. I'm just gonna give you a minute or two to just circle around and, and get with your group. Kierce, would you guys come on stage? All right, so so before we get started, yeah, I'll come down there. I'll come down. All right, so before we get started, if you can find your group, I'm going to ask you to zone in for just one more second. Just zone in for one more second. Let me coach you through this. All right, so if you're with your crew, zone in for one more second. i I'm to Don't make me do one, two, three magic. I will do one, two, three magic right quick, just like we do in my house. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, listen up because I don't want you to miss this. I got I got two quick things. The first is, if you did not grab a communion packet on your way into the auditorium, if you will slip your hand up, we got some people who can hand you a communion packet. So if you did not get a communion packet, if you'll slip your hand up, we have some people who can toss you some communion packets. Okay? So if you can make sure you get one, I want you to grab one. All right, so I, I, it looks like everybody's got them. If you guys could just real quick give me your attention, because this is a little bit different. All right, the communion packets that we have today, on top of the communion packet is your white piece of unleavened bread. You're going to have to, don't do this right now, don't do this right now, but you're going to have to open a clear piece of cellophane to expose that cracker on top. Uh, when our staff did this this week, that looked like the top... Of the juice and everybody's like where is the bread where's the cracker and it's like well, that's it You just got to expose it by peeling off the top piece of cellophane Then if you peel the whole thing back, you can you can access the juice Okay, so this is what I want to do. Hang on just a second God laid it on my heart pretty powerfully as I was praying about this and studying what it means to follow Jesus To ask you to make a commitment. Listen to me To ask you to make a commitment to get for real. To get for real and to be real about your discipleship. And I'm standing here before God, before you, before our elders. and and, And what I can honestly say is that as a church, this fall... There is no excuse for you not to be intentionally and actively following Jesus as a disciple for real. Through Rooted, through Celebrate Recovery, through Heartfelt, through Grief Share, Embrace Grace. There are so many things at this church that will give you a clear pathway to growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So this is what I'm going to do. I am going to pray a blessing over you. And I am, and in the Old Testament, I know you're standing, give you just a second. B- blessings usually had three components. The first, they acknowledged who God is. So I'm going to speak that over you this morning. They acknowledged what God has been doing in the life of the person being blessed, and they acknowledged what God would do if that person stayed faithful and obedient. And so I'm going to speak a blessing over you guys to acknowledge Your willingness to make a commitment to get real as a disciple of Jesus Christ. That might sound a little bit funny, but it's what God's laid on my heart and I need to be obedient to that. And after I finish my prayer, that's the only prayer that will be prayed over communion. So when I finish, I want you to acknowledge verbally to your group, I am making a commitment to be an authentic follower of Jesus Christ through obedience. I want everybody to just go around and just speak that clearly to the people you are in a group with. And once you've spoken that, take your communion, both emblems, both parts, and spend some time in prayer together. As I am praying, there's going to be some music that comes on, and it will the song that our staff have chosen will really reinforce what we want to do. And I want you to take time while that is praying to speak your commitment to your group, And to pray over each other and take your communion together. Let's bow. Precious Heavenly Father, what an honor to have the opportunity to do ministry in service to you by the grace and power of your son Jesus Christ. You, God, are Alpha And Omega. God, you are the beginning and the end. God, you are the author and finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Father, you are our redeemer. You are the deliverer. You are the forgiver of our sins. And you are the source of freedom for our soul. God, you have set eternity in our hearts and through the love you demonstrated by Jesus Christ on the cross have invited us all into your family. God, as a church, you have been working in our hearts to call us to you, to draw us to you as your followers, as true disciples of your son, Jesus Christ. And I speak a blessing over our church right now because of what you have been doing in the hearts of our people. God, your people will be blessed, not because of works that they do, but because your power that reigns in them, that has called them to commit to following after Jesus Christ as obedient disciples. And God, when our church, when individuals under the sound of my voice follow after you in obedience to the life and teachings of your son, we find ourselves in your presence. And God, when we find ourselves in your presence, we realize, and this church will realize, and individuals under the sound of my voice will realize that you are surrounding them in their private life. God, every thought they think you are surrounding them, they realize you are surrounding them in their public life. When they are out in the highways and and in the byways, God, you're surrounding them. God, what they realize is they are obedient and following Jesus is that is that you are surrounding them in the in-between times. God, in their comings and goings. Uh, God, in their night and in their dawn. God, in their life, uh, you are surrounding them. God, your presence Surrounds them in, in in the valleys, God, and on the mountaintops. God, your presence surrounds them in their relationships and when they are isolated. God, your presence surrounds them in, in, in the prison cell of their sin and the freedom of their victory in Christ. God, you surround them every moment of every day when they follow you. Because God, you are faithful to surround your people. We pray this in victory in Jesus' name. Amen.